0: Ain't No Fang podcast from Arizona Sports. Ain't No Fang. I got to be honest with you; it feels like the Diamondbacks made this acquisition a couple of months ago, but uh, here it is, finally official. Welcome to the Ain't No Fang podcast. I'm Steve Zinsmeister with Cody Fincher as well. The Arizona Diamondbacks have signed veteran third baseman Evan Longoria to a one-year deal worth about four million dollars, with one million in bonus incentives seems like a deal that has been in the works for quite a while seeing as how we've been talking about it for well over a month at this point bear it's funny you
1: mentioned that it's not a it's official i don't even think it's official yet oh is it not official? i don't think
0: they've even announced it ever since carlos correa nothing is ever official
1: (laughs) he's still not he's still not I i know by the way that's yeah, so weird. Yeah, so um yeah, it's not official yet. I'm looking on okay, their Twitter well, page right now, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's happening. It's yeah. happening. Evan Longoria is going to be an Arizona Diamondback and it's yes, like we said, it's been rumored for like months even before the winter meeting started that the Diamondbacks run Evan Longoria's shortlist list um of teams he would want to go to and i think the other two teams he w- he was interested in going back to tampa because um, that's where he started that would have been and they're good you know they're they're a good team um and i think the other team was staying in san francisco i think was the other option um but as i think it was john hayman and others reported evan lagoria has a home in arizona obviously spring training is out here the Diamondbacks are up and coming team. You know they—they're not going to be. I don't. Unless something horrible happens, they should be a competitive baseball team. They should have a chance to make a wild card spot. It's going to be difficult because obviously the Dodgers are going to be good no matter what. They haven't really signed anybody or done any trades, but they're going to be good. They probably um, lost more than they've gained. They still have Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. They're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, and Clayton Kershaw is coming back and, and and all that. And Urias is good and Gonsolin. So they'll be OK. Um and then the Padres have loaded up. Obviously, they made the huge trade for Juan Soto last year. They they signed Xander Bogarts this year. Um, so uh, they've got Tatis coming back. Got in about ta- yeah, the 40 Tatis days. is coming back. Machado. They're going to be good. So yeah. th- one of those teams is going to be a wild card team, and then probably one of the teams in in one or two teams in the NL East are going to be wild card teams. So it's going to be a tough competition for the Diamondbacks. But Evan Longoria. Um, This is a good signing, I think, for the Diamondbacks. Um, They've they've really focused on getting right-handed hitting bats this offseason. Gabby Moreno, right-handed hitting catcher. Lourdes Gurriel Jr., right-handed hitting outfielder slash first baseman, DH. And now they have Evan Longoria. Kyle Lewis. Kyle Lewis as well, a right-handed hitting outfielder that they desperately needed. Um, And then... uh, uh, Longoria too I mean he's gonna play He's. I, I, I assume that Longoria is gonna DH a lot Probably against lefties He'll probably get some time at third base as well Against lefties um, Last year um, Against left-handed pitching he hit 282 with six home runs, 22 RBIs, an on base percentage of 333, a slug of 479. So he has good, he had good numbers against lefties last year in 62 games, 129 plate appearances against lefties. So um, overall last year, Evan Longoria hit 244 um, with 14 home runs, 42 RBIs. Um, so and he didn't play a ton of games. He played, he, I think he was injured a lot last year. He only played, I think in, uh, 80 something games or something like that. So anyway, um, I like the signing though. I think it's a good clubhouse move as well. Evan Longoria, um, has a lot of experiences. His 14th season in the major leagues coming up, made his major league, major league debut. In, uh, where is it? April of 2008, um, at the age of 22. So this is. He's got a lot of experience um, going into this season. He's been to a World Series as well. He's played in the playoffs, um, and you know th- this is a young Diamondbacks team that needs some veteran experience to help guide these young hitters along the way. I mean, in the pitching staff they have that with Bumgarner, I think, because you know, obviously we all know what Bumgarner did in the playoffs in the postseason and. It's so funny to think Bumgarner's still not that old. He's like 33 years old. He's only three years older than me. So, but <laughs> he's got a lot of postseason experience that he, I, I'm sure, like, it's kind of like with Zach Granke from the outside where we see it's like, oh, how, how helpful is he going to be? Like, just how they present themselves to us, you know? Like, they come off as just like kind of standoffish a little bit or awkward, you know, whatever. But, I think in the clubhouse, they're different. And I think they provide, you know, advice and all that to the younger players. But Evan Longoria, I think that's going to be that's going to be good for, you know, some young guys um, like Josh Rojas and um, all the (laughs) all the outfielders are young. So, um, yeah, I I like this move. It's one year, four million for the chance to be five million. I mean, it's very low risk, potential high reward. Uh, depending on how he plays and and how long he's healthy.
0: Yeah, I think this plays an interesting role in the debate about Josh Rojas going forward. I think you and I probably both agree that he's not a full, full full-time, needs-to-play-everyday every day 3rd baseman. Nope. And honestly, I'm not even sure I ever really solidified him at one position. I mean, he went from being kind of the Diamondbacks super utility guy, playing corner outfield, playing third base, he played a lot of shortstop when he came up, second base... I think he is probably going to play the majority of the time at third base. Uh, He's a left-handed hitter, so he'll probably play the majority, or at least get the majority of starts against righties. But then Longoria, like you mentioned, he can still glove, too. Yeah. I mean, he's still pretty good at at the hot corner. So I think Longoria will definitely start against lefties pretty much all the time, is my guess. Now, another player that shouldn't get lost in all this is Emmanuel Rivera. Uh, They traded for him, if I remember right, mid-season. That was... It was the Luke Weaver to Kansas City trade. Right. That was the Royals deal. Yep. And Rivera... I never thought he was a, a great talent. Obviously, if a team as bad as Kansas City was letting him go for, I mean, basically nothing... Uh, that should tell you already that there's something wrong with the guy. But yeah. I thought that he came in and, and fit the role pretty nicely last season with the Diamondbacks. He played against lefties, although if I remember right, he hit better against righties than he did lefties. Um, he wasn't anything special, but I certainly thought that he played the role valiantly.
1: Yeah, um, it's interesting is uh, what what's going to happen with Emmanuel Rivera. He'll probably start the year in the minor leagues. Um, I wonder if they have to DFA him. Oh, I don't know. Well, w- I do know that once this Longoria signing is made official, they will have to DFA someone because their forty-man rosters at forty, yeah. so someone's got to go. Um, that another. That's another thing. Like, who should they DFA? I I saw an article. Well,
0: I mean, there's no role for Rivera if you have I Longoria. Saw, well, I, saw I saw an article. I
1: saw an article. I can't remember who wrote it. Um. So my apologies there, but they were going through. Um possible dfa candidates for for this move and seth beer was one of them yeah edwin useta was another one the pitcher
0: yeah
1: um so option. i i really i don't know maybe they would dfa seth beer i mean he didn't work out so far but i I, much. I would not i would rather not give up on him
0: so quickly but i would but i i know this is going based on need and not how good the player is but Emmanuel Rivera, like we talked about, I mean, if you have Longoria, Longoria fills the role that Rivera does. Rivera yeah. doesn't play anywhere but third base for the most part. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's capable of playing first base. He but, played some first, but... But I don't think that's...
1: I mean, how often is he really going to play first when you have a Gold Glover and Christian Walker over well, there?
0: and Longoria can do that too. Right. Longoria can play first base too, so... So can Guriel. Right, so I don't really see a role for Rivera now. You can't, you probably can't trade him for anything. I don't think anybody would give up anything no, significant. I don't for him. think so. Uh, I mean, look what you gave up to get him, Luke Weaver. Like, do you need to trade for Luke Weaver? No, like <laughs> that's already an experiment that's done. Yeah. Um. So I think DFAing Rivera, if that's what needs to happen, makes sense to me. Seth Beer certainly didn't earn any extra playing time with his play last year, but he fits a role—a left-handed. Corner infielder, like that's something that they don't have. I think we're gonna see more Longoria
1: at third base too. Because let's be honest, Cattell Marte is gonna get injured at some point. I mean, yeah. he, he usually has a hamstring flare up pretty much every season. I feel like his hamstring flares up on him. Um, and I, I don't mean to like bash him like that, but I'm just going by what we've seen the last couple years. Cattell Marte, if history is going to repeat itself which it sometimes does he's probably going to be on the injured list at some point this year and then you then i think you slide josh rojas to second base and longoria plays third um you're probably going to see him a lot at third base by the way i'm just looking through his splits last year in five games at chase field it's not a huge sample size five games at chase field he hit 385 (laughs) (laughs) that's like uh by far his highest batting average at any ballpark Last year. Interesting. But again,
0: it was just five games, so. I remember, gosh, I must have been in high school, maybe college, when the Texas Rangers signed Vladimir Guerrero.
1: And Mm -hmm. he came
0: over. That would have been, was that directly from the Angels, maybe? I think probably it might have been. I can't remember. The Orioles were in there somewhere, too. But, (laughs) uh, but he comes over, and I remember the statistics were like against the Rangers, (laughs) he hits like 538 (laughs) with an on base percentage of like 680. Yeah. And, I remember that was part of the reason that John Daniels at the time said that they made the move they were like well we got tired of him kicking our butts the whole time right. so we brought him in same with yeah. I think they did the same thing with Mike Napoli like Mike Napoli was <laughs> way better against the Rangers than anybody else let's so they're like well, him. let's just bring him in maybe it's your pitching staff that's the yeah, problem I, I don't know but. I think that was probably it at the time <laughs> I, I think Longoria is a nice piece uh, at four million possibly five if he reaches incentives there's no reason to really uh, worry about this deal I don't think. He's going to be stealing any production out of Josh Rojas because again, I don't think he's an everyday third baseman. Um, I think this could be a really nice uh platoon at third base. And and as long as Torrey Lovello figures out the right split between how much time each player needs to be productive, I think it could work really, really well. Yeah, I I, I just I just go back to
1: this is a nice move for I think for everyone involved. I mean, Longoria obviously wanted to be here. It was reported that he was, you know, obviously the the D backs were a team early on that he was considering going to in free agency. So that's nice. He wants to be here. Um, It's a good move for what they need on the field right now. They needed a a veteran right-handed hitter um, that can play corner infield. Check, check that box. And then again, like I said before, The veteran leadership he's going to provide to this mostly young uh, position player group that the D-backs have. I mean, think about it. You have in the outfield alone, Jake McCarthy is a young player. Corbin Carroll is a rookie. Um uh Alec Thomas is still, I believe, considered a rookie. Maybe that maybe I don't know. I don't know how many. Eh, I, don't, I don't know what the criteria season. is for anymore for like plate appearances or games or whatever it is. Yeah. But young player, okay? Of Ky- course, yeah. Kyle Lewis, still a young player. Um, he won rookie of the year only two years ago. He was a rookie. Um and then on the infield, Rojas is a young player. When, Even though he's been here, it feels like right. five years. And then uh Moreno young player Very Carson young player. Kelly still relatively A young ish player So I agree Obviously been around and cattell has been Around and and uh, Nick Ahmed's been around so they don't they're not Going to need much of that but for those That's those players that I Just named are your core Going forward I mean McCarthy Carroll Thomas Moreno Lawler when he Comes up Rojas I mean, I don't know if Longoria is going to be here when Lawler comes up. Who knows? But, um, but yeah, those, those guys are your core. So I feel like this is a good move for, for them. Like imagine just these guys are going to be, I feel like sponges around Evan Longoria during, especially during spring training. He can help the minor league guys if he's open to that the minor league guys that come up and get invites to spring training i'm sure they're going to be asking him a lot of questions and watching him go through his you know his routine and batting practice and all that so i think that's a good it's a good move for all that for all those purposes too we could talk
0: about the need for pitching all day long um, they still need it, man. They still need pitching. We'd like to see them get another starting pitcher or two. Uh, there's obviously room in the bullpen. Nobody is safe in this bullpen right now, except for some of the guys that they acquired this offseason. And even then, some of them might be gone by the years. I end. I think the only guy that might be safe that they've acquired in the offseason
1: is Castro. Miguel Castro. Yeah, yeah, because they it's just a recent signing.
0: Um, here's a list that I saw. Uh, MLB trade rumors put this together. Tell me if you're interested in any of these guys as infield options, middle infield, infield. options. Okay, because, let's be honest. Shortstop is unsettled. Uh, Geraldo you, Perdomo can't hit. You can't Nick rely isn't on Nick good Ahmed at hitting. You
1: can't, re- but, and you can't even rely on Nick Ahmed to play a full season. He's had injuries in back to back years that have ended his season. Here's
0: some of the options they list as middle infielders. Okay, Elvis Andrews. Thirty-four years old, he mm. arguably had a one of his best years with Chicago with the White Sox. He got yeah, he got traded from Oakland. It's a small to Chicago sample. last year. He's Thirty-four years old. I'd say the speed was honestly. I think he was always overrated in speed. Like people thought he was going to be like a sixty stolen base kind of guy, and he was mostly a twenty or thirty at yeah. most. And most of that is gone now. I mean, he was never an amazing glover. I didn't think maybe early in his career.
1: Remember that was a name that the D backs were rumored to be interested in like a long time ago when he was up and coming with Texas.
0: And when Profar was coming up, Profar too, yep. Because when Profar was coming up, everybody was like, well just ship Andrews out and Profar can play shortstop. Um but they picked Andrews. I I mean Is he interested I don't know. Uh how much better is he than Nick Ahmed healthy? Well, he can probably hit a little bit better. Maybe. But
1: he hit I feel like he's the type of guy that would maybe go to a better team. I don't know. You know what was interesting? I know you're talking about guys that are available, and this is a guy that wasn't. Gene Segura he went to the Marlins. Just got signed. To the Marlins. would play third. Yeah, to play third base. That would have been an interesting option. I mean, Gene Segura... I mean he hasn't played was he playing short in Philly this year? No, that was stopped playing short. So Gene Skur was their second baseman, right? So I think so. He hasn't played short in a long time. So I I don't know if that would have been a good fit here. Um but he had one of his best years of his yeah, career in his one in year Arizona. his one year here and then, and then they, they traded him for Cattell. Him for Cattell and uh Ty Tywan Walker. Walker, yep. That was a big trade. Haniger also. Haniger and Segura to Seattle for Walker and something else. A left-handed. Uh, there believer. was a minor league yeah. yeah. For Walker and Marte. So, but yeah, I don't know if that would have been a good fit here, but anyway, uh, he got a two-year deal. So I don't think they're, that's something they were looking at. Go ahead. Go Josh ahead. Harrison, 35 years I've old. I've always kind of liked Josh Harrison. He can play every single position.
0: Could he be your shortstop? A start starting shortstop. Uh, Keep in mind, this is a we're trying to consider for a holdover until Lawler is available. Until he gets, I called think up.
1: I think this name is going to come up on your list eventually. I would think I would be more interested in a guy like Jose
0: Iglesias. Next on my list, yes, thirty three years old as a holdover because he's still such a good fielder. He was the primary shortstop in Colorado in twenty twenty two. Yeah, he hit two ninety two, three twenty eight on. He base. hit two ninety two last year. 467 plate appearances holy crap
1: okay yeah i I like that get me him how old is he uh 33 okay he's a holdover i would take that until lawler comes up
0: isn't it unbelievable that uh a shortstop who hits 292 and is one of the better fielding shortstops in the league is considered a eh, maybe we'll hold over it's no love (laughs) well i mean think about that for a second Nick Ahmed's average batting average, I'm guessing, is somewhere 40 to 50 points lower than that. I think they're probably comparable fielding shortstops at this point. You're not going to get power out of any of these guys we're talking about. So what's the difference? I'd rather have the guy who hits 292. I don't know if there's a spot on the roster for this guy, but we don't even know that they're going to add another shortstop. Maybe they feel comfortable with Nick Ahmed being the holdover.
1: So Nick Ahmed's last... Full ish season was 2021. It hit 221. That's what I'm saying. And
0: 434 at bats hit 221. I don't hate Jose Igles- Iglesias as an option. Cesar Hernandez, he's more eh, of a second baseman. Yeah. Not very mobile. He's 32, by the way. Uh, Rugnet Odor, again, probably more of a second baseman. Another left-handed hitter, by the way. Yeah. Rugnet Odor, they don't need any more of those. There's a bunch of utility guys listed, but some of these are not okay, shortstops. Yeah, if
1: you're going to, if we're talking shortstops, I would take Iglesias over any of those names, honestly. D. D. Gregorius, former Dynamo. Yeah,
0: Doc, but. 33 years old. Left-handed
1: hitter. I think he's kind of fallen off. He um. Has.
0: So. He hit 210. Two sixty-three. Yeah, no, base. no, thanks. Um, Josh Van Meter is on this list. Former Diamondback. He, <laughs> he never didn't work really out. Played short either. He was second base, pretty much. He hit one eighty-seven. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, Jonathan VR is the last one. He doesn't really play short anymore. He's not. He no. He's more of a corner infield. He's either now. third base, maybe some second. Which is funny because as fast as he was at his peak, like he's very yeah. immobile now. I feel yeah. Like. Yep. Right, um, so maybe Iglesias. I would, but here, but, and I don't hate Elvis Andrews, but but with Nick, it doesn't make much sense with
1: Nick Ahmed making ten million dollars next year. Are they really going to go out and sign another shortstop? I don't think so. If if Ahmed is healthy, let's just say he's healthy going into spring training, or if he's healthy right now, I don't think they're going to go out and spend. What what do you think it would take for to get a guy like Iglesias five million six million dollars in one year? Let me look up his previous contract. Because I I don't think that I don't think with with Ahmed making ten million next year that's 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 guaranteed. This is baseball; it's guaranteed. I don't think they go out and spend money on another shortstop i think they'll probably just ride with ahmed in 2022 jose iglesias signed a one-year five million okay so let's say it's around the same five maybe six maybe since he played so well last year it's six to seven million this year for jose iglesias with with ahmed making 10 million next year i don't think they go out and get someone like that because you just want to probably get what you can out of nick ahmed and if he, let's say he gets injured again or performs poorly, you just play Perdomo. You just play Perdomo and then wait for Jordan Lawler. Right? I mean, that just seems like the most logical thing that they would do. We're in a holding pattern at shortstop. Yeah. You're waiting for your top prospect to come up right now, your top infield prospect to come up. And I mean, he should be ready within the next couple years to come up. So do they really want to, you know, Okay, the only way I see them sh- signing another shortstop, I don't think it's this year. I think, if anything, if Jordan Lawler isn't ready until next year, 2024, to come up, then I think you see them sign a shortstop in the offseason uh, after the 2023 season. That's what I think, because honestly, I-, I just don't see them paying 5 to $7 million for a Jose Iglesias type of player when they already
0: have $10 million committed to Nick Ahmed. Uh, let's wrap up with some offseason grades. I know the off is not over. There's nothing precluding them from doing something further before the start of the season, but let's assume that this Longoria deal kind of finalizes the Diamondbacks roster. We're both hoping that there's more pitching coming, but let's be honest, you just never know what kind of grade overall would you give the Diamondbacks for this off season and i you could even break them down into pitching sure. infield and outfield let's say
1: um, okay well the off season isn't over yet so right. this is kind of like this is kind of like midterm grades you know before okay. christmas break fair enough we're around the holidays so christmas christmas break grades i guess um, ov- let's go overall I'll, overall my overall grade for the D- the d-backs and my Hayes in this off season i'll give them a b a solid b um, I think they did decent with the Dalton Varshow trade. I hate losing Varsho because he's he's coming into his prime. He is a power hitter, probably your best player corner outfielder, year. a Gold Glove finalist, and they trade him away, and that kind of stings. But on the other hand, I do like the return they got with Gabby Moreno, who should be your starting catcher, hopefully for the foreseeable future for the next. Hopefully, let's say ten years. Gabby Moreno is going to be your your catcher and hopefully an all star. And then they get a guy like Lourdes Gurriel Jr. who can really help this team right now. Um, a corner outfield, right-handed hitting veteran bat who has played really well recently in Toronto. So hopefully he comes over and is and is also also plays well here. So I hate to lose our show, but I like what they got. So and then. Um, I I like the Longoria deal so far. I mean, that's what they needed. It was going to happen for a long time. We expected it. Um, But I like what he brings with veteran leadership and the ability to play third base and probably some first base and DH against lefties. The only thing that I'm not satisfied with is the pitching. Um, The uh, addition of Miguel Castro was fine. I think it's okay. He throws hard. He's probably going to strike out a lot of people, but I mean, his ERA wasn't anything to write home about last year. Um, the he, whip wasn't too he, good. Either. He lets a lot of guys on base. So um, we'll see. Um, they, ne- they still need a lot of help in the bullpen. I feel like a lot of the guys they've added are guys off of waivers and very small acquisitions. They still need a starting pitcher to me too. And that hasn't happened yet. But again, the offseason's is not over. I just don't know if you're you're going into next year with your top three being Gallon, Kelly, and Bumgarner, and then the last two spots in the rotation are either minor leaguers or I don't know if they bring back Zach Davies. He's a free agent. Uh, He didn't really impress me last year, but he does eat up innings, so that's another thing, but... I don't know how you fill those last two rotation spots. So to me, um, I liked what they did adding to the offense, even though they lost Dalton Varsho. But in my opinion, there hasn't been enough improvement to the pitching staff, bullpen, and starter starting rotation.
0: Yeah, if I had to give grades uh, to break them down, kind of into subgrades, pitching D. I, I would give them an F because I yeah, think the pitching I would staff agree. deserves an F. Yeah. But they did get a little bit better and younger in the bullpen. They added some arms that, uh, even though they were small acquisitions, they've got a lot of talent. They just haven't put it together. And I'm hoping that Brent Strom can do his magic on some of those guys. Like a a Vargas. Yeah, Scott McGuff. We don't really know what he's going to be. He was kind
1: of this... um, Hot shot prospect in Miami a few years ago and then has been in Japan for the last few years and has actually been a really good reliever in Japan,
0: but we don't know how that's going to translate to the major leagues worth noting young relief pitchers don't exist in free agency, right? Like they don't hit free agency. Yeah, so I can't exactly judge them based on, like, oh, well, they didn't go out and get an elite young reliever. You're, Those aren't out you're there. You're not going to go get an Emmanuel Class A No, you know? he's not available. Right, because he's been locked up not because available. he's very good. You would have to trade somebody to right. get somebody like that. So pitching, I'll give the offseason grade a D. Uh, in the infield, I give him an A, because you went into the offseason with a player at every position. You had no holes. Now, you could have upgraded at a couple of spots. You could have upgraded shortstop, and maybe they still will. Uh, Second base was pretty much solidified with Cattell Marte. They've got a couple other guys who can play the position. First base, Christian Walker, solidified. Don't really need to do much there. Uh, Third base, they were looking for a righty who could complement Rojas. They did that this week, supposedly, reportedly, from Evan Longoria's addition. And I think also Moreno, uh, being who I hope will be the lead catcher for this team going forward. And he and Carson Kelly create one of the better tandems behind the plate in the entire league, in my opinion. Neither of them have been special in this league yet, but hopefully together they can form something solid. I give the infield an A. Outfield, I'm going to go C. I mean, technically you get worse, right, because you trade Varsho, but I'm one of those people who believes you didn't get much worse because I do think that an outfield of Thomas, Carroll, and McCarthy against a right-handed pitcher is still one of the better young up-and-coming outfields in the league. Um, you do add a righty and Kyle Lewis. You add Lord guriel I think that's a pretty good outfield. I'm gonna give it a C overall. C plus for me. I can't give them a B because it's still the Diamondbacks and they still don't (laughs) spend any money. Uh, And you and I have talked over the years about how you know spending more money would definitely solve a handful of problems for these guys. Yeah, that's just not who they are. That's just not who the ownership is. So I think a C plus is pretty. But I think that's pretty fair at this point. Um, And it could get better. They could still do something, but I think probably the biggest acquisition they can make from now until the start of the season is some of those young guys that are coming up. Mm-hmm. It's not free agency. It's not another trade. It's probably guys like Dre Jameson contributing and pitching, I don't know, say 15 plus starts this season. Or uh, maybe it's Tommy Henry or Brandon fought is in AAA and now the top pitching prospect in this organization. Those are going to be your biggest acquisitions you make between now and the end of this season. I think if they,
1: if they add a starting pitcher to fill the number four hole and then fill the fifth spot with a Dre Jameson, Tommy Henry, or maybe Brandon fought somewhere. I think that's the way to go. I don't know if you should fill those two
0: last spots with both young guys. What do you think about that? Well, it
1: depends that's on... My, that's just me. I don't it know. It
0: depends on who the guy is you're adding in free agency. I guess. Or trade, whatever, however you're going about it. Because now, like, Nathan Ivaldi is now unavailable. He went to Texas, so... I gotta be honest with you. I don't you. know who's I, out there anymore. I gotta be honest with you. I'm okay with putting two rookies in that spot. Um, The reason being, Tommy Henry was a pitcher at Michigan in the College World Series a handful of years ago. I mean, he's ready. He's, he's ready. Shown some flashes last uh, year. Dre Jameson. Definitely impressed in September. I think he needs to be in this rotation. There's got to be a spot for Brandon Fott eventually, assuming that he is going to come up at some point during this season, which I think he will. Uh Um, You got a lot of guys. You got to figure out who they are. And are you really going to just stick them all in the bullpen and see if they latch on? Some of them need starts. If you're going to be a starting pitcher in this league, you need to have starts. So I I think one position to test guys out, like last year, they did one position to test guys out. It was the Dallas Keuchel spot. Yeah. After Zach Davies. Zach Davies was kind of the four, and then the five was like Dallas Keuchel, uh, who else did they try? Tyler Gilbert, Corbin Martin for a time. Yeah. Like, that was their rotational spot. I think if you have two spots, you might be able to find more people that can fill them going forward. You
1: remember how upset I was about Corbin Martin not getting opportunities? I don't really even think about Corbin Martin anymore now that they have the, these they, guys like Henry and Jameson and they pretty much fought. gave up on him. Yeah. I mean, well, what he, happened with Corbin Martin? Is he still around? I think he's still here. Yeah. Okay. I think he's still on the 40 man roster. Could he be a reliever? Maybe. Maybe he could Maybe. be a reliever. Some guys I'm looking at a free agent tracker right now of starting pitchers that are still available. Um David Price. No. Not worth it. He also sat out last year, didn't he? Or part of the year? No, he sat out two years ago for COVID. I thought he sat out. Again. He was back last year okay. with the Dodgers. He pitched last year. Um, here's an interesting name: Zach Granke. thirty-nine
0: years old. If you're truly looking to improve the team, then no, uh, no, no, no. I think if you're truly looking to like grow the young players by adding veterans, then, then I think maybe he's a that's good choice. A good one. If you can get him for like what? Because he got ten million over one year in Kansas City. Um, let me see here. And is he really willing to leave Kansas City, or does he, he want to go back He
1: there? signed a one-year, thirteen million dollars deal with Kansas
0: City. I was, last I was year. hoping maybe you could get him for five, but I don't, I think don't know so. if
1: he would come here for five. But he's he's almost forty years old. Here's what you he do. Forty years
0: old. Do you really think you're going to get thirteen million dollars? Here's what I do. I go to Zach Grenke. You're Mike Hay- you're Mike Hazen. You go okay. to Zach Granke and you say, We're gonna sign you to one year, five million dollars, and you have a guaranteed spot in our front office when you retire. <laughs> you can be our scout. He's good at a it. Scout, he is good at it. We've heard he is good endless at it. Stories about how he wants to how he gets involved yeah. with the scouting process. Um other guys that are available, um Wade Miley Former diamondback. Uh
1: Dylan Bundy, Michael Waka, Johnny Cueto, who had kind of this He had a good resurgence year. in in Chicago with the White Sox. That means he might be expensive though. Yeah. Uh Danny Duffy, eh, Joe yeah. Ross, eh. Zach Davies is still out there. No. Um Matt, not Matt Harvey. Oh um, boy. Uh, that's a roller yeah, these, coaster I these don't want to ride. Names are, nah, I'm not even going to read. granky's the only names. one that even slightly appeals to me. So on, I'm, I'm on spotrack.com and they have Granky's market value at 10.4 million.
0: You going to make him your most expensive pitcher to be your four?
1: Well, their most expensive pitcher is Madison Bumgarner. Well, okay, yeah, at 23 enough. million. Sorry, I forgot about Bumgarner So he'd be their bigger. second most expensive, right? Because Gallon's still on his rookie mm-hmm. contract. Merrill Kelly's Kelly, well, relatively cheap. Well, what's Kelly making? Um, it's not 10. It's not 10 million. Let me see. I'm already on this.
0: Okay. Yeah, I I, I don't know. If Granke wants that kind of deal, I don't know if I'd do it. I'd do um, it for five.
1: No. Uh, Merrill Kelly's making $8 million. Eight. Eight okay. million this year, eight million in 2024, and a club option for $7 in 25. So, yeah, Zach Granke, if you sign him to a one-year $10 million deal, he'd be your second highest paid pitcher. I don't want to do that. Yeah, I'd do it for five. I don't know if he'll get. He's he's thirty nine. I'd do it for five. He can't throw a ninety mile an hour fastball anymore. He would be okay. He's he, not special Zach anymore. Zach Greinke would come here, and he would be he would be the guy that you're just you're bringing in to fill a spot to maybe coach up some of the younger guys, and it would kind of be a good PR move, in my opinion. You know what he is? What he's what is healthy. He?
0: He is healthy. He doesn't get hurt. He does not get hurt. I mean... I mean, if you're looking for a guy to fill that Zach Davies role of just basically like, we need somebody who's just available and is going to eat innings, Granky's not a bad option. But again, I'm not doing it at 10 million. Yeah, I don't think so either. Five, six, maybe? Maybe you push to seven? So last year, I mean, he had a decent year in Kansas City. I mean... The other question is, how much do the Diamondbacks have in the bank for this offseason? Like, I don't know. Have they hit their, their ceiling of what they were hoping to accomplish? Or do they have 5, 10 million left that they can work with? Last
1: year in Kansas City, forget the wins and losses, he was 4-9. and nine. Zach Granke had a 3.68 ERA. He only pitched in 137 innings, though, so his innings were down. His whip was 1.34. I mean, for a 40-year-old pitcher that doesn't throw... They can't throw ninety miles an hour anymore. That's not horrible, and you he'd be your fourth starter. I mean, but I I agree with you. I don't think I would. I don't think I would give him ten million dollars no. if I could. If I, yeah, I, I don't, just think, don't think I would do. That. I don't think that's a that's gonna happen. He dude, if you sign him to a, a ten million dollar deal, he'd be your what? Tied for your second highest paid player next year with Ahmed or third because Cattell Marte's extension, yeah, with Ahmed. Yeah, he'd, he'd be, be tied shirt. with
0: Ahmed for your third like highest paid player.
1: I don't want to do that, even on a one year <laughs> expiring,
0: like it's, it'll yeah. go away. You're you know, right. You're not locked in like you are with Bumgarner, sure, but I don't want to do that. I really don't. Mm. I'd do it for six, maybe seven. It would be kind of cool, but and does and what does Grankey want at this point in his career? Does he just want to finish it out with Kansas City where he started? Yeah. Or did he really love his time in Arizona? I don't know. And how did he feel about getting traded? I think that he's the kind of pragmatic guy who, w- who would understand, like, oh, okay, you got something for me, like, you I had mean, to make a deal. Yeah. But does he feel kind of butthurt, maybe, a l- little bit deep down that the Diamondbacks gave up on him? He seems like the know. guy, like, when they called him
1: to say that we traded you to Houston, he would probably ask, what'd you get for me? Yeah. What'd you get?
0: I think there, I, I might have even heard a story about that actually happening. Oh, really? <laughs> well, I mean, I can, we can both imagine him yeah. doing it. So, what's the difference? Hey, right? who'd you
1: get back for me? And then it's like, well, we got Seth Beer, Josh Rojas, Bukowskis, and Martin. He's like, hm, all right, I like Martin. I like, I like Beer. He
0: has a good upside. You know, he'd probably go through it right off the top of his head. And you know what? Looking back on it, none of them have really been all that great. Rojas is a positional player, like a rotational guy, but
1: none of them have performed. You think about how long Zach Granke's been in the league. 30 years <laughs> I don't know here's the break I'm, I'm kind of surprised by this breakdown of course he spent the most time in Kansas City he's been eight years in Kansas City okay the second highest team he's spent the most time with Diamondbacks. the Diamondbacks yeah. four years well there was a short he was stint, with the Dodge- well, I can do this I can okay, do this okay all right go was ahead was there
0: oh go ahead I okay. feel like there was, I, I believe in you Steve there's here's definitely the Dodgers because he had that one year where he had an ERA of like one three years in LA with the Dodgers I feel like That's there was the, a year or two with the Brewers. Oh my gosh, my webpage just crashed.
1: No. Was he with the Brewers? Hold on. Going back to it. Yes, he was in Milwaukee with two for two years. Angels? One year in the with the Angels. And then obviously we talked about Diamondbacks, Astros. It wasn't even like a year though. He only pitched with the Angels for thirteen games. He got yeah. traded. Is that I, all of them or was there more? He was in Houston for three uh, yeah, years. Yeah, I just mentioned the Astros, yeah. yeah. So Kansas City for eight years. Yeah. Diamondbacks for four. Right. Dodgers and Astros for three. Milwaukee for two. Angels for one.
0: Well, and we talked about uh, earlier in the offseason. Angels for like half a year because he only pitched in 13 games with them. Earlier in the offseason, we did our rundown of greatest Diamondbacks of all time at each position. And I had Granke in the top five starting pitchers in Diamondbacks uniform of all time. Mm -hmm. I think I might have had him even fourth. I can't remember. And that just goes to show you he was here long enough. Because not a lot of guys are good yeah. for more than four or five years with a team. Yep. It's kind of rare. Yeah. You get the like the Derek Jeters who, you know, have like 15 to 20 good years with one team, but you don't get that very often. Obviously Not with a player like
1: that. Obviously Kansas City holds a special place for him because he spent the most time there. It's where he started. Yeah. Um It's where he retired I, during his first bullpen yeah, session, Remember I, That story. What is it? They wanted him to throw a curveball and he was they, like, "No." They were like, "You need to throw a changeup." He "No, change like, nah, I'd rather retire." Which is hilarious And he walked out. Which is because his changeup is like his second best pitch. Yeah. Clearly, he changed his mind. Um, Right. (laughs) Clearly, someone talked him into it. Because that was like 15 years ago, at least. I wonder if the Diamondbacks hold any kind of special place. Again, it goes back to how did you feel about how it ended? The organization and how it ended. Yeah. I don't know. They had a good run in 2017. He was very good that
0: year. And what is he playing for at this point? Is he like. I, would, I feel like he's not the type of guy that is, plays for money. But I'll, either. I'll equate it to what the Cardinals just went through with J.J. J. Watt, who now is retiring, right? Yeah. But J.J. Watt wanted to come to the Cardinals from the Texans because he wanted to win a championship. Does Granke want to seek out winning a championship? He's never won a World Series. They didn't win any with the Dodgers while he was there. No,
1: and the Astros, when he was there, got beat yeah. by the Nationals. Interesting.
0: So does he want to try to seek a seek a championship? He could go back to LA. Hmm, the Dodgers could. haven't done a whole lot, and they're going to be without a couple of major starting pitchers like Bueller. Buehler. Yeah. Um, we know they're going to cut bait with Bauer. That yeah, seems they're going to eat, but they got to eat that money with
1: Bauer now, but they're the Dodgers, so...
0: Yeah. Does he do that, or maybe he could hmm. latch on with another... I mean, he could go to the friggin' Mets. <laughs> I mean, everybody <laughs> else is on the Mets. Why not? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what he do. He could go to do. Atlanta. I mean, he could go back to the Astros. He could go back to the Angels. The Astros The just Angels lost need Verlander. pitching. They always need pitching. Well, the Angels ain't winning nothing. I know. We all know that. I know. He could go back to Houston. They just lost Verlander. Yeah. They got a spot in the rotation. We'll see. Although they have endless young pitchers how nice
1: is that for them
0: uh we want to thank you for checking out the podcast today we really appreciate it It seems like a minor signing of evan longoria but it's also one that i think is going to play an important role and there's going to be a longer discussion at some point about how this impacts the rotation moving forward uh for cody fincher i'm steve zinsmeister you've been listening to the ain't no thing podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the arizona sports app